0: DJ P.K. and J.B. Long join us from the Pac-12 Networks, calls games on the Pac-12 Networks, also does uh, L.A. Ram games. He's on the Sprint Special Guest Line. Get $100 off the redesigned Apple Watch 4 with a new line of service. Visit the local Sprint store near you. J.B., good morning.
1: Gentlemen, thank you for having me. Hope you're having a great week.
0: Uh, Well, we are. Uh, We'd be having a better week if the Utes were not playing a big Sky team. But we've just come to expect that, I guess, money games are just part of the deal. So, endure one every week, you'll be calling the game. Before we talk to you about the Pac-12 at large, is there anything unique, unusual about this game that catches your eye?
1: Um, honestly, I'm kind of with you in that the unique part of it is what's to come next and a trip to the Coliseum and what the youth have to prove there. And so I know that no one inside the facility can look at it this way, but we can. Yeah. It's a stepping stone to conference play, and I hope for Utah's sake that their key players, their starters, their ones, and some of their twos don't have to play into the fourth.
2: Yeah, that's about it. I mean, <laughs> keep them me out of the fourth quarter. <laughs> I want to know, JB, when you were calling fencing and synchronized swimming, what did you say?
1: <laughs> um, so a little backstory there. I'm not quite sure where you're where you're pulling that from but there's all kinds of things on the internet about it. pac12.com uh,
2: I, I got it at pac12 I, I am
1: i am a uh i am a fencing uh quote-unquote expert <laughs> and that's mostly due to a lack of competition uh but when i decided that i wanted to um go to the olympics not as an athlete but as a broadcaster i tried to pick a sport that nobody else had really dipped their toe into and that was fencing for me Um, It worked out in that I was uh, slated to do the Rio Games in the summer of 2016, uh, but the Rams called about three weeks before the Olympics and offered me their opportunity. So, unfortunately, I had to back out on NBC Olympics uh, for that particular occasion. Never got to do synchronized swimming, but I've done a bunch of fencing.
2: Oh, you haven't done synchronized swimming?
1: I have not done synchronized swimming. Because, obviously, a lot of people
2: would dip their toe into that
0: that's that's well said and uh no no work, it wasn't wait have, whoa whoa, whoa. JB do not encourage him okay you just you're in and out for a segment no. I got four hours of this five days a week come on now JB help me out here uh, yeah
1: I'm all for one-off puns especially if I don't have to deal with the consequences yeah, yeah. there you go okay um but yeah I, I never uh never got around to actually broadcasting synchronized with me. maybe someday
0: in college, I did volleyball and water polo on the radio. Volleyball was easy. Water polo was a little more difficult. So, water
1: polo is pretty vicious. What yeah. a sport that is. Yeah,
0: big time. All right, so uh, you mentioned the Pac-12 going forward and Utah having something to prove uh, against USC, and I think it's pretty clear USC coming up 5-7 and seven will have something to prove in that game. How much was what USC did to Stanford in the final three quarters when they you know, were down a couple touchdowns and actually – come storming back and blow them out. Uh, How much do you think that was a one-off and people will adjust when they see the film? And how much has the sleeping giant been awakened? And look out, Pac-12 South, the beast is back.
1: You know, it's probably a little bit of that. I think if you take their first, I guess, six quarters, Fresno State and the first half of Stanford and kind of break them into a separate category and then just look at what they did beyond that, There's reason to believe they are roaring into the Pac-12 schedule and and maybe rightly contenders in the South. But I I think it's more granular than that. I mean, I think it it has more to do with the matchups individually, collectively by position group, especially in the trenches. And I'm not sure, I'm not convinced that Stanford is everything in 2019 that they were in in a previous era. You know, I'm not sure they're the Andrew Luck, Kevin Hogan, uh, Christian McCaffrey – stanford cardinal we'll see i mean maybe when they get their quarterback back uh that puts things in order but now they're down a left tackle so that's going to make their life difficult uh, i just I, I think utah usc will ultimately come down to things far more specific to that matchup than you know anything big picture about where the trojans are at and obviously there's a lot going on in their big picture whether it's you know having a, a freshman quarterback win pac 12 player of the week in his debut or uh, Lynn Swan resigning as director of athletics and a lot of the other things that are going on here in Los Angeles.
2: So you mentioned you do the Rams broadcast also. So if I give you Slovis, Goff, or Rivers, who's the best quarterback in L.A.?
1: Uh, Jared Goff.
2: <laughs> Another pac Jared Goff,
1: guy. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I think, I think Slovis has a potentially brilliant future, but after one game worth of sample size, I'm not willing to put him uh, in the same conversation as a future Hall of Famer and uh, Jared, who's uh, the youngest quarterback to win the NFC and has gone to back-to-back Pro Bowls.
2: Yeah, you know what's funny about that? Because they said, and I grew up in the Phoenix area, so I followed a little bit, and they say the Slovis, well, he didn't play for a winning team. And so, you know, it wasn't supposed to be uh, all that. And he goes out in that first game, and I don't even know that he could have looked better. I mean, I guess in theory he could have. And then you have Jared Goff as far as I remember I think his first year as a starter they were one and eleven at Cal. And then he obviously And that would,
1: win wasn't against and that win was against an SCS program, as okay. I recall.
2: Yeah. So my point is and we've seen this throughout uh, guys from high school with all these stars don't make it. And then we've seen college guys with all these credentials don't make it into pros. So it's just so difficult to pick and figure out who's going to be good when they make that next step. I don't want to go crazy about the slowness, but, man, he really looked good in game one.
1: Well, I think the dynamic that you're speaking to is probably the adage that the quarterback gets way too much credit when things are going well and way too much blame when they aren't. I mean, they are just one of 22 position pieces plus special teams. And I think Huntley is right now a fantastic example of that for the Utes because, He's doing his part he's taking what defenses are giving him uh he's not putting the ball in jeopardy i think he's only got eight incompletions and more than half of those are drops or throwaways so you know is he right now your front runner for pac-12 player of the year probably not is is he a first team all-conference quarterback i'm not even sure he's there but what he is is a great operator of yet another offensive system and and a true distributor of the football with plenty of weapons around him and a team that plays complimentary style and might be the cleanest, most disciplined in the conference. And that'll win. That'll win week to week, and that might win you a championship.
0: J.B. Long joining us, Pac-12 Networks. He'll be on the call for Idaho State and Utah. Uh, Utah has had a lot of problems with Washington. Washington just had to settle for a lot of field goals and ended up helping get them beat right at the end by Cal. Uh, is Washington all that, or, or are they like Stanford, hey, we, we've got this impression from one era, and college era's change fast by nature. The kids aren't there that long.
1: Well, I'll tell you, my answer is definitely different this week than it would have been last week because I I thought Easton was against Eastern Washington, the real deal and and might've actually been an upgrade um, year to year at quarterback, which is really saying something. Now Cal's defense is for real. I mean, I, I think they are legitimately a top 10 college football defense and what Wilcox has done there in parts of three seasons is truly incredible, but Utah's defense is in that category too. And so I think Utah is capable of doing to Washington what Cal did and I know for a fact that Utah is more capable offensively than the Cal Golden Bears are. So, is that still one of the looming games that stands between Utah and where they want to be, where they want to go to the Rose Bowl and the college football playoff? Potentially, absolutely. Uh, That's definitely going to be one of their more trying tests. But I don't think it's insurmountable, even away from Salt Lake City.
2: So, we've been talking about Utah, and obviously they were the overwhelming favorite to win the South. slight favorite to win the conference, and there's been some playoff talk, and people are a little hesitant. Some of them are. My line of thinking is it's September, and we should be talking about the Utes as a playoff team, and it's not specifically directed at Utah. My larger point is If they are a favorite to win the conference in the Pac-12, then that automatically should put them in the playoff discussion. Because if it doesn't, then the Pac-12 has serious issues.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think you make a lot of fair points there. Uh, Going on the road and winning in Provo to start, I think, uh, is one plank in kind of the platform that they're building. And certainly BYU going to SEC country and winning there, Uh, helps validate that victory as a a marquee non-conference win. Now, we'll see where BYU goes from here, including this weekend. Um, But tough, though it may be, to root for a bitter rival, you definitely want BYU to have a good season. Uh, And that's true of the Pac-12 in general. Uh, But to your your overarching point, which is if a team wins the Pac-12, should they be in the playoff conversation? Absolutely, especially when that includes a nine-game conference schedule and a championship game. And I think Utah is well positioned to navigate that their, their schedule breaks their way uh, already having one of those road games behind them uh, and only four in league ahead of them is advantageous. And let's face it, they've got the right pieces, the right players and the right roles, the coaching staff that has proven success in the postseason. Like who, who else would you point to besides Whittingham and Utah who has been as steady a postseason presence over the last decade plus than Utah, right? Like, Put them up against Alabama, put them up against the SEC, put them up against the Big Ten champion. They'll do just fine. They've proven that even as they've ramped up the Pac 12 level football.
0: See, I'm at the other end of the spectrum. I picked the U.S. I think the U.S. are really good. I picked them to go 10 and 2. Uh, but even if they go 11 and 1, I figure one lost Pac 12 team is going to get squeezed out. So, you know, wake me up when they're 6 and 0 and. Lots of other conferences or several other conferences already have a one-loss team and might have a two-loss team, and then I'll talk seriously about it. But until then, it just seems like too big a reach. Nope, he's horrified. PK, possibly even disgusted. He just hung up. I'm not
2: dealing with this. Click. I think he's still miffed about dipping his toe in the synchronized swimming. <laughs> <laughs>
0: If I had said that, you would have just lit me up like a Christmas tree. When you said that, that was honestly the first thing through my mind: Like, synchronized swimming. You soccer people are so soft.
2: Uh, well, no, he brought up dipping his toe in the fencing, and I saw synchronized swimming, and it just—I it know, I, I get all. It that. was too good.
0: I get all that, but I know if I'd done it, the beating I would have been up for. It's like everything, everything till 10 a.m.
2: Reset it and ask the question again.
0: JB Long with this Pac-12 Networks. JB, I kind of look at the whole playoff argument differently because I think the Utes are good. I picked them to go ten and two, but I think that eleven and one Pac-12 team is probably going to get squeezed out. So, because I think the conference does have major perception problems, whether they're real or not, they got major perception problems. And and the playoff is a beauty pageant. They got to pick four teams. So I don't really want to talk about the playoffs unless they get if they're if they're halfway through the season they're six or seven and zero oh or something and we see other Power Five leagues where, you know, the top teams already have a loss, then then I'd consider it. But until then, I think it's a bridge too far. What do you think when you hear that?
1: I I understand the skepticism, and uh, I was offended by the synchronized swimming thing, so I just decided (laughs) to have a delayed reaction. Sorry, I was hearing you guys perfectly. I'm not sure what happened on my end. But um, all that to say, like, we're both right in that in a sport where every game is supposed to matter and every week is supposed to matter, it's not too soon to start looking for that end game. But you're also right to say, why are we even having this conversation until Utah gets past USC, until Utah gets past Washington, and a bunch of other things across the landscape, until Georgia beats Notre Dame and we don't have to worry about an undefeated Notre Dame stealing somebody's spot. A bunch of other factors, sure. Uh, but, But I think that where Utah is right now at 11, to your point about it being a beauty pageant, like... Kyle Whittingham won't say this, but style points do matter. Like, make sure that you're not in the second-half game with Idaho State. Uh, Win convincingly. Take some momentum into conference play. And and I think even as a one-loss team, just to counter one point that you said, as long as it's the right loss and as long as they have a chance to avenge that loss at Levi's Stadium and win a Pac-12 championship there, I think that version of a one-loss Utah would warrant serious playoff contention.
2: Yeah, I I mean, I don't see how it can't. But granted, I I mean, I grew up a a Sun Devil graduate, and I'm a Pac-10, now 12 homer. I fully admit that. But I'm wondering if the rest of the the country will catch on that the strength of the conference isn't necessarily the dominant, overwhelming team or the same team year after year. It's way more about the opportunity to have some depth in this conference and to go – To say Colorado doesn't look like they're all that this year, but with a senior quarterback and a phenomenal receiver, they might be able to beach on a Saturday. Whereas you look at some of these other conferences and these teams at the bottom, they're not going to be able to beach. I'm just wondering if that could ever get through or just we're just knocking our heads against the wall on this.
1: Well, and some of it is is out of our hands and out of Utah's hands, right? Like if Arizona State uh, doesn't show up in East Lansing or if Arizona, you know, can't take down Texas Tech and very few resume opportunities remaining, Stanford and USC both playing Notre Dame, then then maybe it is all moot and there's nothing that Utah can do shy of going undefeated that will punch their ticket to the dance. Uh, I just think, you know, and and maybe this is just my personal narrative or buying into uh, a local narrative, Like having this coordinator back, this offense back to come full circle from Utah's previous undefeated season, uh, knowing who they beat, where they beat them to wrap up that last unbeaten campaign. I I don't know. I'm just, I'm hopeful for the symmetry there and the bookend that that might make for a special story that takes Utah and the Pac-12 back into the conversation for national championships.
0: JB, we appreciate a little time. Thanks for uh, talking uh, Pac-12 and synchronized swimming with us. I appreciate it.
1: Sorry for the technical difficulty midstream there, but uh, thanks for hanging with me.